Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. I am your host, joined as always by my co-host and brother, Brian. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Jeffrey. Oh, that's right. Jeff's not here this week. Um, all yeah, right. I'm starting to think you got to rethink that joined as always part because... <laughs> well, I, just, I think it's very funny that last week Jeff was just like very like bragging about how I'm always absent or you're always absent and he never misses a week and then literally the immediate uh, the the subsequent week he uh he he has to miss out because he went out of town without bringing his uh his mic with him so yep for all listeners uh he asked us not to share but he is at a live showing of um Hello Kitty, uh, the musical. <laughs> I, I should have thought of something before. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm just going to let him flounder for a second. He's, uh, yeah, I could see it in He's your doing eyes something he's... horribly embarrassing. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway. So, it actually is uh, fortuitous that Jeff wasn't able to record this week because Brian and I both watched a TV show um, that we know Jeff wasn't going to watch because he is a scared little boy. Um, that show is called Archive 81. It's a new horror TV show on Netflix. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I have not seen the finale yet. I watched Ooh. the penultimate episode last night, but my wife fell asleep halfway through it. So she's got to go back and rewatch that one so that we can finish it tonight. I'll have to be careful um, with my comments then. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can... Yeah. There's, I don't know how big of the tw- how big of a twist is coming here in the final episode, but... Um, I feel like most of my questions are answered except for just like how they're going to wrap it up with uh, the main character storyline. But uh, yeah, so I came upon this this show as just like something I saw someone talking about on, on one of the news, movie news blogs that I, I frequent. And then immediately afterwards, I ran into Brian in the break room at the in the building that we both work in. And he was like, you have to check out this show on Netflix, Archive 81. It's really good, which I was extremely surprised by because I'm the one that's constantly talking about horror stuff on this and both of my brothers kind of stay away from it. But uh, but yeah, Brian, you had, you had, you'd recommended this to me. How did you come across it? Just browsing Netflix. I, uh, I typically don't go for horrors right off the bat, not really out of like a, you know, aversion to them, but it's more like... I, I can't take my head out of the fact that like these people are only acting scared and so it's hard for me sometimes to watch a, a film where people are running around screaming and freaking out like and the other thing is it's like when someone is uh, in a dangerous situation or a scary situation in these horror films and then they continue to go explore into that dark room or to like run into that dark building with really no like like I don't know, like acceptable motivation for doing something like that, putting themselves in that harm way. I have a hard time accepting it sometimes because I feel like it's only happening to promote or like to continue this storyline. And so um, there's a lot of that in this show, but for some reason it was like the, the motivations they provided were um, acceptable enough for me to, to just buy why they would continue to uh, press on in their kind of horror journey. But I will say I've found out since that um, this show is – uh, was is originally a podcast um, yeah. and that they have deviated pretty heavily from the source material in order to bring it to screen. Um, and the, one of the biggest uh, gripes that pe- fans of the podcast have is 
what they've provided as their motivation for for you know continuing on like what is melody's motivation for being at the hotel what is dan's motivation for continuing to repair tapes instead of just saying fuck this i'm going back to my life real quickly i do want to say we are going to just spoil this oh, show like yeah, sure. i we're, like i mean don't spoil the final episode i still want to watch it but like for anyone listening like we're not going to be super precious with the details here so if you haven't watched it and you do plan on watching it uh, maybe skip this part of the episode. Circle Go, back when you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, come back and, and yep. check it. Uh, check in with us after yep. you've watched so, it because spoilers. there is there yeah. is stuff to spoil here. So, spoilers, ahead, Brian, uh, except for the last episode, we'll dodge. Um, so yeah, the, the uh, Melody's mo- motivation provided in the show is that she is searching for her mysterious biological mother who abandoned her as a baby. That is right. not a thing in the podcast, apparently, in the original source material. I think from what I read is the podcast like took off and then they were like, okay, how do we translate this audio format drama right. to a visual formatted drama in like a, you know, how do we do that? So you're going to have to, t- and also I don't think they wanted to just tell the same story again, right? I think that right. the idea was like, well, let's be inspired by it and then let's just... Let's so, take it in a different direction. Yeah. So. so from what I gather, the people that are fans of the podcast felt like they kind of dumbed her down a little bit, like simplified her character because her motivation in the podcast is that she's like a data-driven researcher and she's really genuinely just doing reporting on the hotel and its inhabitants, which with the interviews that she goes through, it, it gives them a lot more weight and a lot more substance. What we get as viewers of the show is like basically her using her interviews as an excuse to ask whether people have ever heard of her mom. And I don't like that bit in the show. Yeah. It does kind of dumb it down once you look at it from that angle. Like I, I didn't really think about that while I was watching the show, but once I was doing reading afterwards, I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it it doesn't feel like those interviews are really worth her time. You think she would just walk around and just say, Hey, have you ever heard of this woman? Well, and as things get weird and scary and shit, like, she should be like, maybe this isn't the best way to go about looking right. for my mom. Yeah. Like maybe these people are real fucked up. So yeah. There's a lot more just... going on here. And it very clearly, my mom is not here. I've been living here for months and I've never bumped into her one time. She's not fucking here. You know what And I mean? everybody I keep asking about her keeps saying, no, I've never heard of that woman. Right. Like, Why I'll am I still like, here? Okay, <laughs> no one here knows who my mom is. I guess I should leave. Yeah. I, like, I really found character motivations to be yeah. a struggle throughout the whole thing. I but will it's say. super important. The story is extremely intriguing, like the mystery aspect of it. Like I'm enjoying that and the way that the mystery is unfolding. The writing on this show, like the dialogue writing is very, I find very bad. I think that the dialogue, like they, did you notice that everybody is just cussing each other out like yeah dan does that with uh davenport over and over boss from the beginning fuck you and i'm like can you say something else it's his boss the man's paying him a hundred thousand dollars you know what i get paid much less than a hundred thousand dollars a year and (laughs) i sit in an office surrounded by cameras every day because i work in a fucking office and they need to take like people pay you money they need to make sure that you're doing your work or whatever right. you know Shit or that it's you in case a crime is happening paid, right yeah they're they're surveilling and they're not watch, actively watching me all day every day but they're recording it in case something happens or i steal something or whatever right like they they that's normal 
he is acting like that is the craziest thing that his employer has security cameras all over the building. Right. Um, it's not like Davenport isn't prisoning him. Like one, he's got a landline, which, you know, I don't know why he doesn't, I guess he doesn't want to use it to call out because of the surveillance, but it's like, you could call emergency services with that. You could call somebody to come help you if there was an issue or just, he gave yeah. you a bike and you can go right out. And he was like going to the town and get a coffee, man. Like he doesn't, he's not really imprisoning him. So Dan is constantly cussing at, at people. If, and also they say the only, F, the only swear word that they use is the F word. Now, fans or listeners of this podcast, whichever you describe yourself as, will know that I have no aversion to swearing. I don't mind. I actually quite like using swear words. But I use all of them. Like, you know, interchange. Like, I use, I say ass. I say shit. I say fuck. I say all of them. They, they only the say <laughs> fuck. That's the only swear word they use the whole time. That's the only, like, everything else, they'll say crap instead of shit. You know what I, It's like, it was very weird. Also, Melody, just, <laughs> she at one point is just, like, talking to a doctor because her friend is in the hospital. And then the doctor says, oh, yeah, she has, she has this. And she, Melody turns to the doctor and says, what the fuck is that? And it's just like. Why would she cuss yeah. at this Whoa, strange chill, doctor? Bro. Yeah, and why wouldn't the doctor job. be like, excuse me? Like, yeah. what Do the not fuck? talk to me like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Why she, are you talking to me like that? She's like, a couple of moments like that. And I really feel like between those two characters, they had a similar flaw in the way that they would like erupt quickly. Like yeah. Dan had a real opportunity to just like be like, hey, dude, like, why is my dad on these tapes? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm really or curious like, to understand more. And then Davenport might have even pulled him into the whole thing. Like, it didn't seem like Davenport was that averse to him finding out details of what was going on. Because he was piecing it together as he, he fixed the tapes. Honestly, but like, Davenport seems chill. Like, reasonable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very reasonable. Very understanding the whole time. Like, yeah, he's kind of hiding some shit. But maybe it's because he's afraid that the guy will quit doesn't, on him. Doesn't if he know doesn't. if he can trust him. Yeah. I don't know, man. I kind of felt myself throughout the series being like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of on the sinister boss's side. You know what? I saw the funniest. He's not that bad. Yeah, I saw the funniest thing about the demon Calego, where it's like, I'm not going to get into last episode stuff, but there's just some general themes about him where they're like, is Calego asking them to sacrifice anybody? I haven't heard anything where he's like demanding a sacrifice. Like, it's like these guys are just taking it upon themselves to like, you know, they're doing like this God wills it crusades justification where they're like, it's what it's what needs to happen in order to bring Kalego around. And it's like, did is Kalego pulling those strings? Or is he just some, you know, demon that's uh, like... Interdimensional okay. demon that's just showing up on Earth and being like, why are you guys... Like, I just want to chill at home. I'm just, we got our own interdimensional yeah. version of Netflix over there. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to chill with it's my family, It's pretty guys. funny. Like, in the, and there's more of that... Um, later on too that you'll find that like there's like this whole funny like theme of like how bad is Kalego really as a as a demon but um yeah, yeah I don't it, really get yeah there's some parts to it that definitely could have been strengthened up I think or, or explained better or things like that like there's definitely um parts to both Melody and Dan that seem really in keeping now that we're talking about it where I'm like man I really feel like you guys could have approached this better and it would have led to a better result for you you know yeah, like not freaking also- out They'll just run up on people and just start accusing them of shit. Right. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're doing this. Like you could have been that. instead sly, of like asking you know? yeah. questions to figure out what's going on. They just run up and start yelling things at people, and people are like, "I don't, I don't yeah. know what you you're seem talking crazy. about." And it's like, yeah. "Yeah, they do seem crazy. They need to chill the fuck out and like get totally. to the bottom of it in a reasonable way instead of just panicking." I think what they've established with both of those characters is they have a history of mental health issues, though. 
Because Dan, yeah. they said the year prior, Which also makes them feel like an unreliable narrator. It makes it feel like all of this is in their heads, like they're right. making all this up. Right. And That's it, why it, they have to establish that he has a friend named Matt or whatever, the guy with the podcast, to like who is sane and is outside of it and seems to be extremely normal and functioning and isn't just randomly running around cussing at strangers. Um, and then he sees some of it and it's sort of like, oh, okay, so they're not imagining it because Matt is now involved, right? You can, t- so. you can tell that Matt's character approaches everything about this investigation with a very skeptical eye, though, which I kind of appreciated because that felt real to me. Like if I had a guy who'd had a mental break the year before and now he's in this isolated work environment and he's just like going postal every five minutes, like I definitely would like be like, okay, there's enough here to make this interesting and, you know, like, and I want to support you as my friend, but I'm definitely not going to be like, yeah, dude, totally. Like you're seeing stuff in the tapes. Like I'd be like, okay, I'll follow that up, but you know, let's chill out here. You know? So that guy I I think was a a very much an anchor in realism. I know that it's seeming like I'm being hypercritical of the show and maybe even dragging Brian into my critical lens here, but I do, I do want to say I I am liking the show. Like I think the performances are good enough. I think that the series as a whole has like a really strong pace to it. Like it's very smooth. It never really feels like it's dragging. There hasn't been an episode yet that I've been like that episode was unnecessary, not having any of those issues, but there's just little things I'm picking up on that are keeping it from being better. You know, like, yeah, true detective season one has some lags in the middle of the season that I'm like, but I still think that show is perfect because the writing is so good and the acting is so good. This show is the pacing is really well done. And this, the plot as it unfolds is really good, but like there's some of the performances are, are a little bit not working for me and that some of that writing is not working for me. You know what I mean? So it's like not any, like no show that I like is perfect. It's just, I'm pointing out some of the flaws here. There there Um, are shows that have a a very uh, structured formula of a lot of scene setting and exposition during the episode. And then whatever craziness happens, like at the end of the episode, mm -hmm. this one, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like you can be five minutes into an episode and something fucking crazy happens or something that totally like makes you start going, what? Like, Oh, there's thing. There's like episodes where like a big thing happens, and I'm like, oh, okay, roll credits, and then it just the, the next scene happens, yeah. and then it just keeps going, and then another crazy thing happens. They'll do I'm it like, as oh, the shit, intro scene, or on. they'll do it 20 minutes in, and it's like that makes this so much more like such an enjoyable show to get to the positive mm-hmm. stuff. It makes it very enjoyable from start to finish because throughout every episode there are twists and turns and crazy shit happening that keep you locked in. Like I was barely touching my phone because I was like, man, this is. Like, I got to be paying attention or I'm going to miss something. And yeah, so I I thought in that sense, this show was like super engaging. I've been recommending it left and right. Uh, But definitely there's some character flaws in the main characters that make you go, man, this could have gone totally differently for you if you had just kind of kept a level head or whatever. Yeah. Um, So so. one of the other things I already touched on this, that's been kind of drawing me away to go back to some of the negative (laughs) aspects of this show. Um, I do like the guy who's playing Dan. I like the guy who's playing Matt. I like the the late the older woman who plays the redheaded woman whose name I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like her. Um, I like the friend um, Annabelle. I think that actress. I do not like the main actress Melody, Melody. for some reason. I find I'm not. I haven't seen her in anything else. I don't know who she is. Uh, if I have seen her, I, she didn't have a big enough part or didn't leave enough of an impression that I paid attention. But um, 
I do not think that her performance is enough to hang this whole show on. And it's unfortunate because most of the show rests on her shoulders. And I just don't think her performance is strong enough for it. I think that she she's missing some like charisma or something. It just feels like there's just... Did you ever watch the show Devs? It was an Alex Garland uh, created uh, TV show on FX Mm-mm. a couple years ago. No. The show had an intriguing premise. It actually, I would say, was was a bad TV show, but it had some really good performances in it. But one of the main things that didn't work for me was the main character was this woman who I could not stand. Like the I was, like, by the end of the series, I hated the actress. I was like, I hate this woman. Like, I she's so boring to watch she keeps making horrible decisions like she seems so dumb there's just like nothing to her performance to grab onto and i wouldn't say that i feel this way about and i don't hate the woman as she is but like i just the performance was so annoying to me that i hated that i was watching this show because she was bothering me and i only stuck with it because i like alex garland so much and i don't think this woman uh, her last name is shabibi i think um she uh I don't think that I dislike her completely. I think that she would be a really good like side character. Honestly, I kind of wish that the actress for Annabelle and and the actress for Melody were switched. I feel mm-hmm. like Melody that actress would have been okay in the in the like level that we get Annabelle, you know what I mean? In and out, in and out, just kind of in the background of some scenes and stuff um with some moments to stand out because I actually found the actress for Annabelle to be a stronger have a stronger performance. Um, but yeah, man, she's been like the big thing for me. Every scene that she's in, I'm just sort of like, I just, I don't like her readings that back to the cussing, like there's a lot of swearing that her character does and it never sounds convincing. It sounds like that woman has never said the word fuck in her entire life until it was in this show. (laughs) It sounds so forced and fake and weird and she uses it for every other word. Um, but there is an actor that I really like who shows up later in the in the in one of the, in one episode of the middle of the season, which is the drug addict Chris, who talks about the mold in the walls, who like first un- unveils the mold. I thought that guy did a really really good job, and he like <laughs> spoilers dies in the same episode that he's introduced. But um, yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about the acting overall? Um, yeah, the guy that plays Dan, I think he does a good job. Like I, I think the the criticisms that we have about the way his character acts is a writing decision. I don't think that's a criticism of the actor. I think he does a good job delivering it. Um, yeah. The the red haired woman. I I I have a question about like part of her storyline, but I think I'm gonna wait until you watch the finale so that we can talk about it without feeling like I gave anything away about her. Uh, but she totally gives me the vibe of a woman that's tied to a cult. Like, like yeah, she is fucking terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. And she does such a good job of like, like doing this like unblinking stare where you're like, I know you fucking know shit. I can see it in your face. Like, why are we playing this song and dance? Just come. Oh out yeah, with she's it. gaslighting every single. Oh person my in the god, it's dude. crazy. She drives me nuts every time she's in a scene. I can't take my eyes off her, which is What's a testament is to her she, acting. She has this thing that she does throughout the series where someone is talking to her, and you can tell she's just actively ignoring that person like she's just not responding she's not even acknowledging they're in the room the guy that plays so infuriating and she does it so well the guy that plays samuel does has a very similar quality to him where it's like he he holds his like his gaze with with your with the camera or with the actor 
in a way that I'm like, like it's almost like a shit eating grin without the smile. It's like, I know you've got shit. Like, like, like there's no, there's no secret that there's something going on. And yet you're acting like that, like you're saying that there's not, I can see it in your eyes that you're not even trying to hide your expression, that there's like very clearly more to this. And yet they, but, but like maddeningly episode after episode, you don't get and like as much as you want. And it just keeps you like invested because you're like, fuck, I need to know more. Like it's very clear. There's more here. So he's trying to make the main character feel like she's going crazy. And yes, but, but it's clear that she's like not. And it's like that she's right. It's, it's maddening and it's very entertaining. So hats off to them. They both deliver that, uh, masterfully. Um, uh, that you're right. That guy has a real small part. That uh, the drug addict, but uh, great, great scene, great, great episode there. Um, that was the episode that you first start getting answers. Which I, for a while I was like, oh my god, are they gonna lost me right now and just like <laughs> yeah. not give me any fucking yeah. answers? Because it was like the first four episodes. It's just like new question, new question, new question, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, now it's some answers. Okay, finally. I thank will you. say this, like as a little bit of a teaser for you, the. Most of my questions got answered in season one. Um, I have a there. There are open ended things that will like that are very obviously lending themselves to a season two. But um, I have a major question swirling around the redheaded woman that we'll we'll have to flesh out later. But um, okay, for the most part, uh, pretty pleased with the way it wraps up. Um, you know, Good. looking forward to seeing how it continues. Uh, but yeah, acting overall, uh, really good job. Definitely my one major knock um, was the like the narrative decisions with the two main characters and how they approached everything that they were going through. Um, so well, just normal human interactions, like just yeah, they could have they could have single person their, they meet. <laughs> they could have handled their the the events way better than they did, and it would have made for a a less of a crazy experience for each of them. And that's it's writing. crazy. Like when Bobby shows up, the groundskeeper, mm. and he's just like so hostile to her. He doesn't know who this woman is. She just shows up and he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> right yeah. in her face. Yeah. Just crazy, man. He's so, yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm enjoying it. I do highly recommend it. Um, I don't think we spoiled anything too big. Uh, in the series but um so if you you know if you still haven't seen it and you're interested i i do recommend it i've been on sort of a horror kick for the last couple of weeks i don't know why but um so this is the perfect yeah. time for you is what i'm hearing well yeah you recommended it like right when i'm like in the middle of like watching all these horror movies so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it really worked but yeah did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on with it before we kind of i think probably next week next episode we'll quickly touch on the finale and that's fine yeah uh, spoil it all no i think i think that's fine it's uh a high recommend for me um mainly just to dive into that storyline man especially like i'm i'm a big uh proponent of storylines where they have like a you know past president uh, precedents for what's going on like the whole uh, Voss society going back to the past. I think that's oh, the episode yeah. you must have just I mean, watched. Like I, I yeah. love all that kind of stuff because you start watching stuff in the past storyline that you're like, Oh wait, that's fucking happening right now. Or like, Oh, these two people are just like these two people or, you know, whatever, like, mm-hmm. like totally drawing parallels between Samuel and Davenport and the two brothers from the original Voss storyline. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was like super paralleled between them. Like 
thought it was super fascinating like to go back there I, I like seeing that kind of like fictional history stuff that they kind of like do it's almost like world building in a way like in a historical way that like i always really find that stuff fascinating so i, I really the bit appreciate that i like about that. that is to quickly summarize what the show is i mean it's almost like a lovecraftian tv yes. show i mean it's eldritch horror it's it's ancient gods um, that you know they're, they're pagan and we don't yeah. have really any modern understanding of what they are because the books that studied them were all burned by Christians or were lost to time or whatever. Um, right. So it's all it's, like through cult mythology, witch societies, like stuff that most people down. would read and think, oh, that's kind of a fantastical thing. But these guys or are just like passed down in families. Right. Only. right. Like nobody's still like practicing it Super except cool. for like this one specific family i love that shit so much i mean it's what makes lovecraft storytelling so interesting um and why he is such a mainstay in horror and why his stuff is coming back to the modern times um actually a lot of that eldritch stuff is going to fall back into some of my recommendations um today but yeah man i yeah i i, I it just like you said, like this is right up my alley of the kind of horror stuff that I like more of that um, elevated horror, um, you know, that modern horror movies and TV shows are doing. And I'm it's right up my alley. So if any fans or listeners um, have any recommendations on that, feel free to hit us with them. Um, cool. Were well, you ready to move on? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to quickly touch on how I met your father. Um, only two episodes out so far. So. Just uh, we could quickly just kind of talk about them um, or, you know, our, how we've received this series so far and, you know, if <laughs> what we think about it going forward. Um, I'm going to let you start. Go ahead. OK, sure. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this uh, mainly because I'm a huge How I Met Your Mother fan um, and because my wife watches another show that I could not tell you for the life of me what it's called, but it stars Hillary Duff. Um, and so, uh, you know, I was looking forward to the combination of those two and to see if she could kind of deliver and, and bring, uh, you know, just a sequel to just a long running great show that I use to uh, burn the time and laugh over and over again. I've watched this, you know, How I Met Your Mother, I don't know, four or five different times through. And I watch every season and still eat it up because um, I, I wasn't one of those people that was super upset about the way they ended it. I didn't think it ruined the show overall. I think the show as standalone episodes is still still delivers time and time again. Uh, to be honest with you, I watched two episodes this morning of How I Met Your Mother. So been really excited <laughs> I, uh... about How I Met Your Father. <laughs> After the first couple episodes played on Hulu, it just started auto-playing on my TV, and so now Kelly and I are in season two. <laughs> of How I Met Your we started, Yeah, we started rewatching it, so, and we're like, oh, fuck, this show's actually really so good. So I still. got my nights wrong for the premiere, and yeah, so we were planning to watch it on episode. We were planning to watch it on the 17th, and it didn't release till the 18th or something like that. So when we found out that it was still saying upcoming on Hulu, we were like, all right, well, I'll just throw on the first episode of How I Met Your Mother. And I threw it on, and now I'm on episode six, and I think I'm in the middle of a rewatch. So um, usually it's like, you know, yearly or or you know, or, or um, bi-yearly that I uh, realize that I've kind of forgotten some of the details, and it's time to put it back on and kind of binge it and have it be the show that when we need something for comedic relief, you know, when we're watching something heavy and we need a break, um, usually it's that kind of a show. And, and right now I think we're jumping in a little earlier because of How I Met Your Father's release. So we're watching How I Met Your Mother again. I'm guessing they're gonna see a. A big uptick in, in viewership on the How I Met Your Mother episodes on Hulu. Um, yeah, so. we're gonna have to. Uh, we might have to do a, a side podcast called. Uh, I don't know. How I Met Your. 
How I Met season. Your Brother. How I, how I Met Your Brother. How I Met Your Brother. <laughs> <laughs> how I Met My Brothers. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll just all rewatch and we'll just like watch like a season a month and we'll just go through and re- talk about that season overall, maybe. Yeah. So maybe if, if fans want to hear that, we'll, we'll create a Patreon and you can pay us for it. Yeah. So, so <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so first impressions, I thought it was fine. I, it, I, it, I was afraid that it would be absolutely terrible. Um, I was hoping it would be absolutely amazing. And I think it landed somewhere in the middle. Like I, I think uh, there were, you know, I don't know the the early relationships she was making felt kind of forced and weird. But like once I saw them through a couple of conversations, I was like, all right, I could see where this can play out. Once I get more on these people, and once like they we go through like a season of of episodes where I can get some more context and see them in more scenarios. Like I think I just need to warm up to them because right now I'm looking at them through the lens of okay, that guy's supposed to be the new Barney, and he ain't no Neil Patrick Harris. Like, and it's not sure. fair to do that because it's it is a, a, a different show and these are new characters that should not be stacked up. They should be looked at as an original character, but uh, it definitely started with that approach just kind of naturally coming out of me. Like, all right, you're the Marshall. All right, you're the Ted. You know, I, I like the original one better, but I, I've seen nine seasons of that person. I've seen nine minutes of this person. So it's kind of not fair to look at it through the lens. So uh, that lens. So I think by the end of the episode, uh, episode two, I was starting to gain a little bit of appreciation for some of the laughs I got, some of the the moments where I was like, all right, it looks like they do have a a potential to deliver uh, what I'm looking for here. I just need to give them some time. So hopefully they, you know, the pilot turns into more. I don't know, like if we're guaranteed a full season here or or what the deal is. What were your thoughts? Um, I uh, am also a big fan of How I Met Your Mother. I, um... I started watching it because my roommate and I stole cable from our neighbors in college and it was the only channel that we got was <laughs> was was whatever they showed how I met your mother reruns and we'd be up till like 2 a.m. or we'd get home from the bar at like 2 a.m. and throw it on and it, or throw on the TV and how I met your mother would be on and we'd watch two episodes before bed and um, I just became obsessed with it and when I moved back home after college I was like the final season was coming out and I told my brothers, yeah, we got to watch this. And we all watched it together and got hooked. And, uh, I've been hooked ever since big fan. Um, I, uh, I don't know, man, with the new series, I kind of assumed it was going to be terrible, but I was hoping it would be good. Just like you said, fell somewhere in the middle, but it felt closer to the bottom of that, that range for me. Um, I don't know if that, that sitcom format, really works for me anymore i think it's only ever really worked for me in like seinfeld friends and how i met your mother any other series that's been in that sort of like talking about like joke, laugh tracks laugh and track. shit yeah yeah i, joke, I saw a lot track, of criticism on the laugh tracks and i was like name a sitcom that doesn't utilize the laugh track i feel like the jokes would land really flat and then anna turned around and was like always oh, sunny in philadelphia doesn't use laugh tracks and i thought new girl that's fair yeah new girl doesn't new either girl. yeah it yeah. it i i just it's hard to like because when you watch how i met your mother it feels so natural yeah i mean how i met your like new girl could have been how i met your father i mean it's it follows jess instead of ted 
and it's all about how she dates all these different guys and you think it's going to be nick and then it's not nick and then it is nick at the end like it could they could have just called that how i met your father and it would have been an updated version of how i met your mother honestly that would have been a better name than new girl because i still think new girl is one of the worst named tv shows in history i hate that yeah, name for it that made show. sense for one season <laughs> yeah exactly i i ne yeah exactly they should have called it how i met your honestly i'm gonna petition for them to just change the name of that show <laughs> and then just scrap and make it, it an work. unofficial sequel <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it totally yeah, would just, have been because they t they do enough different stuff with a, a lot of similar stuff that it, it would i totally would have accepted that as a submission i would have and honestly i kind of was hoping when i first heard that they were going to do this announcement that they would do something more in that that vein of like a situate a modern single camera situational comedy i think that that's the that's the way that sitcoms should be now you know like that's just our sensibility has kind of moved in that direction doing like this sort of throwback sitcom i think what they're trying to do is they're like we saw how how big friends was when it came back to netflix and how they did this friends reunion off of the back of it being on streaming and all of this shit and it was like this big deal that it was moving over to hbo and yada 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 right like people were just like freaking out about it and they were i think that they thought maybe the time is right for us to redo this kind of thing like it hasn't been a big one like that since big bang theory so maybe we just throw it out um i just think that the modern sensibilities kind of moved away from it the reason that how i met your mother works still is because that's just how it was done in the time it feels like you're going for a throwback yeah friends you slip is the same back thing. into an older way of looking at it that's yeah, why the laugh track looking... doesn't bother me at all when i watch how i met your mother but it was kind of grating when i watched how i met your father yeah, I didn't, I just didn't like, yeah, it didn't feel like it really worked for me. Um, a lot of the jokes kind of feel like they're the same kind of shit that you hear about millennials. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a lot of the same kind of, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like they were pushing new ground. I thought Dude, it would be I, more I, interesting. I got to be honest with you. I know the focus here is on How I Met Your Father, but I just watched the episode where uh, Ted uh, dates Natalie again, the chick that he broke up with on her birthday. Mm -hmm. And there's some jokes in there though. I was like, "Ooh, this didn't this like for the most part I feel like the even the first season is super solid in how I met your mother. Like every episode is is enjoyable. Like I think when you watch some shows back after like years and years, the first episode or the first season can be a little bit weaker because like they were just getting their feet under them figuring out what they were going to be. How I met your mother season 1 I think is is like holds up, you know. But yeah, it does. But, but that episode jokes? with Natalie what jokes are you talking about? Yeah, um Robin slips in the horse shit like when when Barney's paying her to like say stuff on the air yeah. and Robin slips in horse shit and then she goes back to the bar and two guys at, at the bar like all of a sudden the bartender walks over and puts a drink down and is like compliments to the guys at the end of the bar and the guys are like oh no like it's in my hair and they're like bullying her like just straight up to her face like laughing at her and bullying her and she like puts her face down like this, like, you know, like covers her face in shame and it pans over to Barney and Marshall and they both laugh. And I was like, oh, that's just straight up bully culture. Like that just is not acceptable. You know what I mean? Like, how do you guys not stand up and gay say, hey, fuck you. Like we're her friends. We can laugh because she knows that we don't mean her any harm. But like <laughs> you guys don't get to fucking do that. And instead they laugh with the guys like as if that's totally cool. Yeah, I don't know. That's that is interesting. And then, and then Natalie beats the living shit out of, of Ted and he comes back like literally making comments about how he's internally bleeding and he's like physically damaged 
and everyone just laughs at him because this because a woman kicked his ass and it's like uh, dude he got physically his, assaulted then it cuts to his son and his son's like you let a girl be yeah he got and physically sort of assaulted like, and women just can be like ronda rousey could be all of us up or yeah. prob- could have dude, I, I mean, he's probably like, still could <laughs> he's like really injured you know and he like everyone's just laughing about how this woman literally physically assaulted him. And it's like, that is not that funny, you know? So there's some early humor in there that I was just like, kind of like, Ooh, that's a little cringy now. Obviously you can't hold it against early 2000s. They say some like stuff that's sort of like gay bashing or gay panic kind of stuff. And I mean, it's, it's people were like come after friends for doing it. And it's sort of like, it was the nineties. People just didn't know better yet. Yeah. In our modern lens, we now know that's super inappropriate. In a good then, segue back to was, how I met your mother or your right, father yeah. on that, because yeah. his uh, Jesse's sister is a gay woman that's floating around the bar trying to meet women, and it was kind of it's kind of refreshing to like see them like you know have that Modernized. narrative going on oh. because you wouldn't have seen that in the original show. They, fuck, they have a gay guy that's the like banging women the whole time, like it, like. You know what I'm saying? And talking shit about gay men and like being yeah. like, oh, Ted's in a Harris lesbian relationship. Fully out. Ted's- and like, and instead he's like totally objectifying women the whole time. Like, and now they have a woman pursuing women at the bar and it's kind of pursue, uh, it's kind of, uh, refreshing to see them, you know, be able to do that because of, you know, how people have, uh, you know, woken up to, um, you know how upsetting those things are actually are you know yeah i think it's interesting that they've gone with the multicultural cast one of the main things that i struggle with with old with the older how i met your mother episodes is just how white everybody is in the show right like the only person of color really ends up being wayne brady and he's in like what three episodes yeah well he also (laughs) they also lumped that in with the uh with him being gay like they just kind of killed two birds with one stone there yeah let's just check off two on our list here (laughs) um yeah, I think uh, Neil Patrick Harris didn't come out as gay until during the first season. And I al- always wondered if it was because of the backlash that was coming from Barney's character being like a chauvinist. If he was just like, actually, I'm gay and I'm kind of just making fun of guys like this. So it's right. probably fine. Um, I do have issues with Barney's characterization. Um, some of his stuff sounds like rape. <laughs> it sounds oh, like bad. Yeah, it sounds like some of the stuff that Bill Cosby got caught up for doing. You know what I mean? Like, he was just sort of, like, talking about, like, she's never too drunk or something like that. And it's just sort of like, ugh, that's not You know, it's funny because it's also happening to me in Always Sunny right now. We're kind of bouncing back and forth. In Always Sunny, Dennis has a couple of moments like that where he's like... They lean all the way into Dennis being a serial killer. It's it actually makes some of those moments kind of funny. Yeah, and maybe that's what it is, is, like, that why I, I can accept it now, even though it's my first watch. Like... It's so cringy, and it's it feels like they're doing it to blatantly make him like they're, way too far down. They're almost it's almost a narrative of other shows that aren't cognizant of the fact that it's not okay. You know, like they're yeah, saying like no, we know this exactly ain't okay, and that's why it's funny. That's you exactly know? what they're doing with Dennis, and they it becomes more apparent in later seasons. But did you get to the part where he's talking about being on the boat, and he's like, they'll yeah. want to say no, but they yeah. won't. Yeah, that's the episode. <laughs> I just saw that like two days ago, and that's the episode oh I'm my god about. Because the other guy's like, wait, wait, what? And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, trust me, it works every time. And it's like, yeah, I bet you freaking it, creepy. Because of the implication. What implication? That you're going to rape them? No, I would never rape them. Yeah. But they don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ew. That's yeah, what's so wrong with you, dude? Yeah. Kelly and I actually quote that pretty often. Uh, yeah. 
because it's i think it's very funny it's terrible it's objectively terrible. that's the episode that i was thinking of because it's like he's straight up talking about trapping a girl out in the open ocean and raping them and then backpedals like off of saying i'm going to it's rape not them. rape because they're saying yes but the only reason they're saying yes is because they think they don't think they have a choice he does it they'll get <laughs> raped anyway right it's <laughs> sick it's, it's so sick. terrible it's fucking horrible but then but his counterpart is like literally looking at him like well the way everybody you're looking at the way you're looking at the screen, like, ew, dude. And he's like, uh, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, dude, it's genius, you know? So it's kind no, of an interesting no, 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 way to no, no, do it. No, 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 I would never. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fu- It's honestly one of the best performances in that series is that that conversation with Dennis where he's, like, backtracking and making it, like, and then like saying cool. these horrible It's cool, things, but yeah. then he says something else horrible, yeah. He's reasoning why. Yeah, anyway, we're talking about the wrong show. How I Met Your Mother, I'm liking it enough to give it a couple more episodes. Father. but it, Sorry, How I Met Your Father, um, to give it a couple more episodes, but it really has to like turn turn a corner for me as far as the jokes, um, because it just wasn't very funny. Whereas I'm watching How I Met Your Mother again and being like, what, like 15 years it's later, funny. and this shit yeah. is still funny. Like it's, it's funny. Still good. Most of the relationship stuff is freaking hysterical, like or stuff where Barney's like messing with Robin good. and paying her to like say shit on air, and then yeah, like there's quite a bit of stuff in there that's just gold and. I fully relate to those characters now because I, I never appreciated this before, but now I'm watching it again. I'm like, man, I, I just turned 30 in November and most of these characters are right around their age 30 year when mm-hmm. the show starts. And like for me, like I'm, I'm married, so I'm, I'm a little bit past where Ted's at in my, you know, relationship status or whatever. But at the same time, like him, um, uh, Ted going to the club and just being like, like he's he literally introduces that episode as you want to hear about the time I went deaf and I'm like, yeah, that's all I think about in those scenarios too because it's super loud music, nobody can talk to each other, it's kind of a miserable atmosphere in the way that I associate with it, and so I, it's funny the way that story is told, you know. So I'm hoping that that How I Met Your Father does more of that where I can kind of relate to it instead of it being all about uh, Tinder dating, you know yeah, what I mean? Wait, because what, I'm not gonna he, be able to connect with that. He. uh he orders two drinks and the and the bar, bartender's like 60 and he's like 16 <laughs> 60 and i'm like yeah. that's exactly what going to nightclubs yeah. is for me now i'm like so 60 dollars for two drinks what it's the one thing about? i'm kind of scared about because the how i met your mother humor is tailored towards like late 20s early 30s trying to find marriage right whereas the early vibe i've gotten from how i met your father is it's more like mid mid to late 20s like social dating tinder dating like she's trying to find love yes but like it just feels like it's a couple of years earlier in the in the progression you know like in the average I think progression you and i also got got married relatively young for like people in our demographic at this point you know what i mean like sure. we got married that both of us like 29 right for you and i was 28 yeah 29 and i was 20 i was i just turned 30 when i got married so I um, I think that maybe like a lot of people in our demographic are more on that. Like, I mean, look at Jeffrey. Jeffrey is single and 27 and out there dating. Not to out Jeffrey's dating life or whatever he's doing. Um, but, you know, like maybe he relates a little bit more to the how I met your father thing that's going on. Because a lot of people in our age group are still doing that. Most of my friends are still, you know, single or at least unmarried and have been on Tinder. I've been with my wife since before 
Tinder was a thing or like Tinder had just come out when I met her, you know, like it was a new thing that my friends were trying while my wife and I were just starting getting dating, you know, so we mm-hmm. can't relate to a lot of the same things that those people have. But anyway, overall, relatively good. I hope that it it, it follows through and yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot for at least one or two more episodes, but they really got to do something, get some comedy in there for me, for me to stick around on it. For sure. Um, I, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I, I, uh, I'll i probably stick through season one before I really pass uh, judgment on the show and see if I'm going to keep it going. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on to recommendations here? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. What have you been watching, reading, or listening to? All of the same stuff. I have not mixed it up. I'm in the middle of a th- another thousand-page book, so that's going to be my reading recommendation for the foreseeable future. Um, you, did you watch Peacemaker at all? Uh, no, I've not. Oh, okay. Is that free on oh. HBO Max? Yeah, it's really good. You should check it out. Well, you um, loved you loved the Suicide Squad, so and I yeah, I was but you like John Cena on. and John Cena's funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, he's very I, funny I, in this. I'll give that one a shot. We might watch that this weekend. Uh, last night we watched Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler film. Oh, okay. um, not the Burt Reynolds one. Well, I mean, Burt Reynolds is in both, but not the original one. No, no. Uh, Anna will watch sports movies as long as they are like really inspiring kind of you know remember the titans level or if they have comedy in them and last night we were scrolling through netflix and and uh saw it and i was like oh my god it clicked for me that i'd never put that one in front of her before so um i talked her into it and we got to watch some football movie so there you go that's a pretty good one too if i remember right i like great it yeah great great comedy movie uh that still has a feel you know feel good message to it about you know convicts being real people too and yeah, you know sure good movie um Cool. Well, I'm just going to run through a couple of the ones that I've been watching, um, if that's okay with you. Totally fine. Um, Injustice, the animated movie that came out last year, uh, they just released it on HBO Max. So I actually watched that one this morning while I was doing some chores around the house. Um, tells the story of what if Superman uh, got sick of the way that everybody in the DC universe just doesn't kill villains and the villains just keep breaking out and killing people. So he just takes over the planet and is like, Nope, I'm just going to like, everybody's just going to listen to me now because if you don't, I'll just kill all of you and how he, you know, whatever that typical Superman shit where they're like, what if Superman, but bad, um, uh, there's a new sitcom called the grand crew that I don't know if I would recommend it. I think there's only four episodes out right now, but there's a comedian I really like, on that show called Carl Tart, so that's why I checked it out. Um, it's sort of the Friends New Girl vibe. Uh, it's more on the New Girl side. It's a single camera, you know, sitcom. Um, uh, but instead, it's a group of black friends in LA who are middle class black people who like wine and hang out together. And you know what? Extremely refreshing to just not see another sitcom about a group of white people hanging out and being like sort of rich or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was like, that's, what's really working for me. The reason I keep going back to the shows, cause I'm like, you just, you don't get a lot of shows where it's like, just like, I don't like a group of black friends, just like being in the middle class and not, not being like, Oh, I'm struggling with being black and having to live in the hood and being poor or whatever. Like they're just normal people. Like I just, I don't know. It's been really, it's been really refreshing. Really like that. Um, so I'm going to keep giving it a shot. I don't know if the, a lot of the jokes aren't landing for me. It's kind of in the same vein of how I met your father, where it's just like, 
I don't know if I'm really laughing, but it's like good enough that I'm going to I'll keep watching and hope that it gets better. But right now it's kind of in this middle ground. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets canceled, but I'm hoping it doesn't. Um, and then the, the most recent season and final season, it's the final season of Search Party released a show that I have been recommending to everybody for like four years now. Season five finally released. Um, and I stand by the fact that I think this is one of the best shows ever created. I, it is so funny. It is so interesting. I mean, it's a sitcom, but it's also not. A, I just you know what? I, I don't know how to explain it to anybody. But everybody should watch this show. It's on HBO Max. It is very, very good. Very, very funny. And you know what? It takes that same look at millennial culture that um, that we're talking about and kind of skewers it and skewers a lot of the people who are in our generation and like the things that we pay attention to and like. And um, I just think it's really smart and really good. And I'm bummed that it's over, but I'm also kind of glad that they got to choose how to end it on their own terms rather than like being one of those shows that just sticks around forever until it sucks, which kind of feel like that's what It's Always Sunny is doing right now. Um, let's see. And then I have two nor. Oh, I watched Beanie Babies. Did you watch this, Brian? It's a documentary about the Beanie Baby craze. It's on no. HBO Max right now. I watched that. I watched that also this morning. I've been up since like five this morning, so I've been just watching documentaries and TV shows, uh, or in movies. Um, but uh, Beanie Babies, I think, is what it was called, but it might have been called like the Beanie Baby Craze or something. But it's a Beanie Babies collection collecting documentary on HBO Max. Very interesting for any of us who lived through the '90s and fell into that crazy collecting thing that happened in the 90s whether it's pokemon cards or beanie babies or comic books or whatever um it's just a very interesting case study of how of what the 90s was like for a lot of us um then i have two movies that i watched i watched a movie a norwegian film called troll hunter which is a found footage film where a group of college students think they're chasing a, a bear poacher, but in they when they track him, when they chase him on a hunt one night, they find out that he's actually a troll hunter. He hunts like mythical trolls in like the forests of Norway. Um, it is very good. It's almost a tourism ad for Norway because there's just so many scenes of them driving in cars through Norway and just like filming out the window and it is so beautiful it's absolutely amazing it made me want to go to Norway so badly highly recommend that movie is from a couple years back but holds up really good um, and then a horror movie called The Ritual where a group of British friends um, go to Norway for a hike uh, like a big hiking trip and uh, basically are beset upon by an eldritch god um, back into that eldritch Lovecraftian horror it's like an old Norse god and find out there's like an old Norse cult out in these woods that they're hiking in that are now hunting them. Um, it is very scary, very intense and very good. Highly recommend that. So that's all my recommendations. Sorry, that's like two weeks of recommendations there because I wasn't on last week, but I uh, wanted to get those out. Otherwise, uh, if, if Brian doesn't have anything else to say, I want to hear from our fans what they thought of Archive 81 and also How I Met Your Father and also any of our other recommendations this week. Um, so get in touch with us. We are at Clever Kids Podcast. Um, no, sorry, at Clever Kids Pod on Instagram and you can reach our email, cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. My brothers never say that when I'm not on during the week. So, you know, 
sorry about that but uh get in touch with us let us know what you think or the best way really to get in touch with us is just find jeffrey in public and just yell your your recommendations or responses to our questions into his face um i think that he would really appreciate that so just uh just find him and do that uh otherwise i think that's all from us this week so thanks yeah. for listening oh rate and review us on wherever you're listening to us it really helps us out so do that please we yep. really, we really five like stars or, or you know skip it whatever um, yeah five others. stars or go fuck yourself i think yeah. that's the saying um so yeah thanks bye yep. thanks everybody <laughs>